0: Welcome to Asbury Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, we welcome Sonia O'Brien, longtime Asbury Park resident and veteran of the Asbury Park realty market. We discuss Sonia's long trip from Orange County, California to Asbury Park, and discuss how the COVID crisis has affected the Asbury Park real estate market and how it has changed a realtor's job. Welcome, Sonia.
1: The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park, in my capacity as the Deputy Mayor of the City of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the City or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not, represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Day what like hundred and seven, July seventh. Um, welcome everybody to Asbury Pod.
0: Episode um, thirty one.
1: I think episode thirty one. Yeah, and is it? Does anyone know? Is it day? What what day of the of the pandemic is it?
0: It's the four hundred and twelfth of March.
1: It's whatever day of the pandemic,
0: yeah. and then I am I drinking.
1: Know. Punch up, because I'm going to give a shout out to my neighbor, Russell. Do you know what you get when you live next to Watermark? (laughs) You get all of their experimental drinks when they're looking to redo their menu during a pandemic, and they want to see what's kind of light and airy. So thank you to Russell from Watermark, because this is phenomenal. I don't know what it is, but it really, he's given me, I think, three. And this one, I think I, I actually like the best.
2: Do they tell you what's in it? He texted me.
1: Not on the label, but he did text me because I I wanted Heather to try to create it. Um, so he did eventually tell me what was in it. If I find it, I would, but it's absolutely fabulous. Um, and this and there was another light gin one. I feel like summer's gin. Do you drink gin, Sophia? Well, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like (laughs)
2: summer's this season of gin. Yeah, it is. Rose, gin, little Mm -hmm. vodka.
0: I uh I quit drinking. I guess we're coming up on year seven. Oh,
2: congratulations. I have, I have, uh,
0: I have a great story about gin and i oh, poor cannot, you Joe <laughs> that I cannot tell on this, this podcast, but <laughs> um, when we're done, I'll, I'll by I heard
2: one. Spotify gave you an R so we, you can maybe talk about it.
0: Well, not in preserve my dignity. no,
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I understand. Okay, <laughs> I,
0: will, I I will say the one thing I can say. The one thing that happened is I I broke my cell phone. I was at a uh, I used to live on a farm, and we were having a party, and I broke my cell phone because I thought I if I stood on the roof of my car I would get on better reception. But I was in no condition to oh, be standing on the roof of my car, and I fell off the roof of my car. <laughs> and, uh, so that was, and that was early early.
1: Yikes. <laughs> I feel like one of the last times we ever drank before you quit drinking was at watermark. Does that ring true to you?
0: Yeah. A we month to, or two
1: before you quit drinking. I feel um, like we were all drinking at watermark.
0: I'm sure we were. Uh, that was our favorite spot, like Sunday afternoons in particular, when we lived in the yeah. thing, because we could walk home, <laughs> not in a straight line from there. And, uh, and we'd watch all the, uh, local, <laughs> the, all the, um, out of towners leave, you know, it was to be up there every afternoon, every Sunday afternoon. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. With la- one of the last times we were out was uh, was Watermark. Um, nice. Yeah, right. fun memories. So, we're, yeah. uh, welcome to Azray Pod. This is a podcast.
1: <laughs> and so, so you know, we've been doing a bunch of like COVID. We started this podcast to try to humanize um, city government and. Mm-hmm. and- And try to get like people to understand the difference between coding construction, which quite frankly, I don't understand the difference, but we did try to explain the difference between the two and get millennials involved in local government and none of those things actually happened, but
2: we kept doing the podcast. (laughs) That's a slow process. That doesn't just, you just don't flick a switch on that. So you're, you're laying the groundwork for that.
1: Yes. Apparently for over a year. And we have, we have two millennial listeners, two millennial listeners and everybody else is in their forties and fifties and 60s. Who at one point were
0: also guests. So they're not even, (laughs) we've been cultivating, you know, we've been uh, cultivating our own, um, Clients, right. right.
1: Um, so we've been so for the for the COVID we did. Um, we did like Senator Paul talking about what's coming down for businesses. We did mm-hmm. Kim Guadano, who we adore, who talked about Fulfilled. She is, I think, the only person whose podcast that she cried, that she cried. Um, oh. she was ta- well, she talked about somebody, her, one of her staff members died of COVID, and she touched on that. And then I oh, felt God. terrible for asking that question, so then I was like, oh, my gosh. When you see the lieutenant governor, former lieutenant governor of New Jersey start to well up, they're like, what did I do? What the fuck did I just do? Um, and um, so a bunch of nonprofits. We had Christian from Garden State Equality. Beatrice and um, Beatrice from Hispanic Affairs and so on. Um, to just kind of talk people through what's going on in those genres during COVID. And I know I saw you last week or the week before. You're a longtime Asbury Park resident. We always try to have Asbury Park residents on. And when I said, how's real estate, you said it's going great. So I thought, yeah, I thought we should we should come on and talk about it. But before we actually get to that, can you introduce okay. yourself? Tell us a little bit about you, how long you've been here, what brought you here?
2: hello everybody and the two millennials and um (laughs) my husband and i moved here into we bought a place here in 2000 we lived in montclair at the time and we had just finished a renovation on our house he's a contractor and um people were having bidding wars in montclair not in asbury but we would come down here and my husband grew up in New Jersey and he was very excited about the shore and waxing nostalgia about Asbury and what it used to be. And so we started spending more time here and it, it immediately got into us, into our skin. We like the vibrancy. We like the grit. We like the shore being able to see the ocean. We love the architecture of the old houses. So that's what brought us here. That's what had us buy a house here once we bought and started coming down on weekends to repair it and upgrade it uh we fell in love and we found we didn't want to go back to montclair we wanted to stay here so we sold our house at a dinner party in montclair and made the move here full time uh, about 19 years ago
1: and how do you sell your house at a dinner party
0: that's a hell of a party
2: Lots of wine, lots of wine. (laughs) And gin, I assume. Yes, yes. And so what happened was uh, there was eight of us and one of the couples had been outbid a lot. I was working in corporate America at the time for Time Warner. And one of the couples had been bid out a lot. They wanted to uh, move from Manhattan. They had sold their place in Manhattan and they wanted to live in Montclair. They wanted to put their kids in that school system. They also loved the diversity and the art scene in Montclair, but they needed to be close to the city. So they were saying how they kept getting outbid. And I said, well, why don't you buy our house? Because Tom and I had talked about, we didn't talk about selling our house, we just talked about that we loved Asbury. And all the forks dropped because we had just renovated our place. <laughs> and uh, we worked out the deal the next day. Uh, they, they even bought all the furniture and we moved here.
1: And did you buy the house that you live in now on 5th?
2: Yes, that was that's the house that you bought. That's the house. And when we moved into it, half the walls had been taken down. We had a toilet in one bathroom, a shower in the other because we were only coming down on weekends working on it. So then immediately we had to really work on it and bring in other people and uh, restore it. So because we were literally living in it.
1: I feel like your story is extremely common to many people's story who are like, well, I just came down on the weekends and I loved it. And then time passed. And then I, I essentially was like, I'm, you know, I don't want to go back to wherever I'm supposed to go back to, you know, that's like kind of a common theme. I think in Asbury, wouldn't you say Joe?
0: Yeah. Well, we'd been, you'd been pointing out Amy that it was breakup or what divorces or (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, well, there is another, and well, that's how I got to Asbury. <laughs> so we make the joke, what brought brought you to Asbury? And I, I, I was initially reluctant to do this in interviews. And I'm sure one day somebody caught me in a mood and I was like, well, you only moved to Asbury if it was breakup or bankruptcy. And, um, and also a large part of people came to Asbury for breakup or bankruptcy because I came the same time as you Sonia. And it was, it was cheapish, right? You could yeah. pick up something yeah. close to the beach <laughs> Um, for, you know, I picked up a little unit in the Santander close to the beach. I had had a breakup with like my high school sweetheart, her and I had split, um, and I needed to get out of Jersey city. So, um, I initially thought, Oh, I'll move to Bradley beach. And Bradley beach at that point was un- completely unaffordable to, to me. I was a state worker for child protective services. And so I got a little place. Um, uh, I got a little place in the Santander, you know, my agent was Sonia Artie Bradshaw still around oh my gosh yeah yeah, yeah. she was my agent um and that she was still has her office on Main yeah, Street. yeah 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 she you know back then there weren't a lot of real estate agents you know no not not to say anything bad about marty bradshaw but there you know if there weren't the same amount of real estate agents that there are now so she showed me a bunch of places and i i settled on um the Santander, which is still a building that i think is is breathtaking and joe and i so you probably don't know but joe and i Um, We all lived in the, first of all, everybody's lived in the Santander, but we all lived in the Santander um, for about 10 years, um, between, say, mid-2000s to mid-2015s-ish.
2: And is that the same place you still have? Because I've seen that place when you've gone to rent it. It's beautiful, and I love that building. The architecture in that building and that lobby is stunning.
1: It's stunning. And and I have to be honest, and I say this in so many podcasts that people should fast forward while I do my Santander bit, but it is <laughs> to me the most um, breathtaking building. So I bought this little unit. Heather and I lived in it for many years. We mm-hmm. thought we would want to move downtown. So mm-hmm. we rented a place downtown in a in a building called and I'm gonna get the name wrong, Marilyn on the Monroe. Or
2: yeah, you got it. Okay. Big, big Loft okay. Space. Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. big Loft Space, yeah so
1: we rented that for a year hated the downtown our dogs hated the downtown my dog couldn't take all the it just the downtown didn't work yeah. and so and you remember jay bernstein who was a big real estate guy and a friend of ours and he's like well you just come back to the santander we'll get you back in the santander and we're like great and whatever he did he got us back in the santander and he's <laughs> <keep> great. <writing. laughs> and then any person he brought to see buildings I think it was on the, I was either, I don't know if I was the deputy mayor on the council be like, you know, a member of the council, she lives in this building. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay was a character. So he was a character, Jay was a character, but listen, I will be forever in debt that I don't know what he did, but he got me a unit in there that needed a tremendous amount of work. Um, a tremendous amount of work, but he got it for me in, in something that I could afford.
0: You know, I, I was thinking we should have, um, and maybe you know somebody, we, we should have an Asbury historian in because the lobby of the Sand Center that you were talking about has the same tiles that are used in the convention center. So if you go into the convention center lobby and the stairs that go up, it's clearly the same architect. Even might even be the same builder because the tiles have these um, in the, the floor of the center have these little, every like not every other tile, but every random tile, there's a little figure mm-hmm. carved into the tile. And it's the same ones in the lobby of the convention center. So I've always thought it must have been the same company, if not the same architect, and they were built about the same time. But I don't know who that expert might be.
2: I'm pretty sure that uh, there's, and I, in the beginning, when I first moved here for about five to seven years, I was on the board of trustees for the historical society. And I would not be that person. But there are people still on the board that I could find out that information from, or maybe have people from to, to a podcast could be just the history of Asbury's buildings.
1: We should totally have somebody from the um, historical society on.
2: I yeah, to, I, think I think that that'd be one. good. That's a great idea. I can work with you on that. On the okay. right person.
1: Um, not Don Stein because um, he and I he <laughs> <laughs>
2: not anybody but Don Stein. Okay. Um, good uh, thing no one hears this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving
1: on.
0: Twelve people out there are shocked right now.
1: <laughs> Listen, I would hope he'd say the same thing. I feel like, are we really going to play this game, Don? Let's just own the fact that we
2: can't stand each other. Sony,
0: um, so, Sonia, we we know how you got to Asbury. Are you from New Jersey or are you from California? I stalked you on LinkedIn, and I noticed oh, that you, you um, had um, you went to Pepperdine, which some good friends of mine had gone to.
2: Yeah, West, West, I, I, West Coast. That was my business going. I uh, grew up, born in Washington State. Grew up in Southern California, uh, popped around a lot, but went to school a lot of places in Orange County and then moved to uh, Redondo beach and then West Hollywood and lived all around the LA area. Moved across country in 1987 in my 67 convertible Mustang. Nice. And I <laughs> still right. have that car. It's right there in my garage. And, um, I thought I'd be here a year because everybody I worked with in California uh, at Drexel Burnham, if you've heard of that, Michael mm-hmm. Milken, I worked for him
0: mm-hmm. on the
2: junk bond trading floor. And everybody I met was from the East Coast. And I love their energy. They had this in-your-face, no filter. And I'd grown up in Orange County, California. And everyone goes, that's nice. This is nice. That's nice. <laughs> and, and they are, I think, because the sense of urgency when you live each season, you wear those clothes for three months, you eat those foods, you do those sports, you drink those drinks. So you gotta get your word out. You gotta be authentic because the season is changing. And versus California, every day was the same, which is, it was gorgeous, great place to grow up, but I love the energy. I thought I'd be here a year and I haven't left. Wow, that's
0: Since 1987. So usually the you, way around you came
1: though. to New Jersey or just the East Coast?
2: I uh, lived in Manhattan for 12 years on the Upper West Side. And then uh, Tom and I met on a blind date and uh, moved. He I thought he just wanted me for my apartment. He moved in on the third date, And that was 25 <laughs> years ago. You know, it's upper like West you're a lesbian. So, yeah. Well, I was going to say that my sister, who's a lesbian, calls him the biggest lesbian because he moved in in three days. That's hysterical. So he backed his U-Haul up and that was it. And uh, it was, I think, from my two, huge two-bedroom rent-stabilized apartment on Riverside Drive. We were there for, well, I was there a total 12 years, and then we moved to Montclair. And then Asbury, where we stay.
1: And tell us how you went from, um, how you got into real estate.
2: So when we first met, we scraped our pennies together. And he loved doing contracting, even though he was a print salesman in corporate America in Manhattan. I love renovating as well and decorating. And so we bought a fixer-upper in Long Beach Island. And that's what started our love together. We would go down on Friday night. We would stay through Sunday afternoon. We would work out like 10 to 12 hours a day. We would scrape paint. We would knock down walls. We would tile uh, in the dead of winter. And if you know, unlike Asbury, which is a year-round town, uh, Long Beach Island rolls up their sidewalks day after Labor Day. So Hmm. you really, it was us and the snow. I mean, that's when we had, used to have a lot of snow. And we would just work on the place. We sold it. It allowed us to move to Montclair and buy there. We sold that. It allowed us to come to Asbury. Hmm.
1: And you, and you, and you, so that, in that process, you got into selling and thought, you know, this is, this is something I can do. I'm going to do this. into real estate. Correct.
2: Yes. Yes. And Tom then switched over 35 years ago to being a contractor. No, 28 years ago to being a contractor because he wanted to he had already done always done that on the side, but he hated putting on suits anymore. So he became that. It made sense that when my job went away at Time Warner, we were taken over and they had two sets of salespeople doing the same thing. So when they disbanded our company, I said, I'm going to get my real estate license because I love it so much. So that's nice. what I did. Yeah. And you still love real estate. Every day. I, it's, it's a seven day a week job when you're doing it. But I absolutely I adore it. And I would think you have to be
1: on that entire time. Right. You have to like you have nice. to a little bit beyond.
2: At the end of each day, you're so drained in a good way, but you're drained because you have put forth so much information and there's so much knowledge that you're imparting and you're guiding people. It can be very emotional because a lot of times you're guiding people in their happiest times. Usually it's typically people's biggest purchase in their life. Maybe not their biggest decision. That could be marriage, divorce, baby, you know, things like that, but usually their biggest purchase is a house, sale or buy. So when you're guiding them, if it's a happy time, you're there with them at a very intimate moments because there may be people getting together, getting married, they're starting a family, they're raising children or they're making a life together in a home. It's also you're there when it's very sad times, it could be a divorce, it could be the a death of a family member, it could be an estate sale, so loss of a job, There's, there's, you're with people and they're entrusting you with one of the biggest, if not the biggest decision of their life, Hmm. biggest purchase of their life. So
1: when we say breakup, people come to Asbury for breakups. Do you see a lot of people who are breaking up and then buying an Asbury park?
2: No, um, I don't, I don't see that. Um, Oh, that's
0: funny. I I think that era's passed a little bit, Amy.
2: Yeah, probably. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and there's so many definitions of a couple. I see people, I, I see singles coming. They're, they're usually younger. I see older couples that are either empty nesters or, and they've downsized from their large home in other surrounding areas or up north. Um, I see uh, people just wanting, what I love about it is the people that are coming, at least that I'm encountering. I encounter young, old, every background, every culture, um, very diverse group, and I love their enthusiasm on how the bug, the asbury bug, has bitten them. They want to be part of the fabric of this community, and they don't. It's not just to buy a house. It's and it, it's to be involved, really be part of the community. And ha-
1: and so so you've been here twenty years. Over those twenty years, how have the people? Or, or have the, the people changed who are buying in Asbury wanting to be, like in, in 2004, were people saying I wanna be part of the fabric in Asbury or were they saying I can get a place here to be cheap?
2: Um, I think the people that I encountered when I moved here maybe started out because they got a place, they, they could afford a place at the shore that was cheap. But then, like I remember when we moved here, full time, I mean, we started our own little block, uh, community watch and we have, you know, all the alleys like you have as well in the back and people would take turns. We'd all take turns watching that. And we had meetings and there would be 50 people on the beach only in the 4th of July holiday weekend. Do you remember those days? Right. Um, And so I think that if you, even if you started out just because it was an affordable place, you then became part of the solution whether it be on the historical society or the council or the planning board or the zoning or you know helping a shade tree commission there's so many ways to make it you know to help in this city
1: i joke a lot about the thing i love about asbury is the level of passion that people have and the thing i hate about asbury is the level of passion that people have so i'm always like puzzled <laughs> when I meet people who are on the council in other towns who don't have the level of passion that we have in Asbury. Right. And that level of passion ranges from zero to to, to 60 in 10 seconds. And usually it's really good. It's a really good passion. It's passionate about the environment. It's passionate about social justice. It's passionate about, um, Whatever, whatever that, whatever it is, it's usually it's usually great. But I, I'll tell you, I talk to people in other towns, and they don't. I'm not. I feel like Asbury attracts a certain passionate group of people that that maybe are not moving to Titton Falls.
0: Are you saying, Amy, that everyone in Asbury is an asshole?
2: no no we're i'm saying that. they're passionate joe
1: they're passionate and they've worn me
2: down over these last three months oh my gosh i'm just kidding i'm
1: just kidding well <laughs> you you know everybody
2: and you you are the recipient of that amy everybody has an opinion on all the things that you and the mayor and the other and the council set in place. A lot of people say, great job. A lot of people say, what are you doing? Because everybody comes at it from a different angle. And I hope that you're able to not let that sink in because your heart is in the right place and what you do is in the right place.
1: Yeah, I would say, and even in this pandemic, and I've said it on this podcast before, 95% of the people in this town during this pandemic have been the loveliest of lovelies. And, you know, from the Esbury Park dinner table to, you know, stocking our food pantries to just checking on seniors, um, uh-huh. just amazing people. And then, And then the 5%, I will say, that haven't been... I, I can't even say they haven't been amazing. They've been uh, like monsters, like just really, mm. really awful. But 95%, I feel like, have just, I don't know. They've just been really amazing. And, and whether they agreed with the policy decision we made or not, they were never, um, they had they had logic and reasoning and thoughts as to why they thought things should go a certain way. So, you know, people think it's worse being on the council than it is. It, it can get a little draining sometimes, but most, it really is. And I mean this sincerely, it really is a gift. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a blessing. I love, I love being able to take community input and implement policy, but this podcast is not about me. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> a good real well estate, said Real estate during, cause the, the podcast we're doing right now are related to COVID. So I want to hear all the things about, and I hear obviously a little bit from my wife about like Changes that you've had to make, you know, is real estate down? Are people going to open houses? Are you PPEing it for open houses? Like, tell us all about that. Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, since you know, we we at first all waited to hear the guidelines of the state, and then we also saw the guidelines that the uh, National Association of Realtors puts forth, as well as the state of New Jersey, combined with our own common sense. Um, if it's going if we're, it has changed a lot since the pandemic, if you're if we are going into view an agent and bringing in somebody into a vacant place, a non occupied place, we will still do gloves and masks. if it's a place that people are in, you're trying to sell a house and they're in the place they're actively living. What I and others have done is we group the showings because in essence, we're asking people to open up their safety bubble, which means that then to spray down and wipe handles and things. So people, I always ask people to bring their own masks. I have a box of gloves. I give them a fresh pair of gloves because then I know they're, they're not showing up with gloves. I am giving them a fresh pair. So those, because we all know if you wear gloves for a while, they become your hands. There's as germy as your hands. So you give them fresh gloves. You go in, uh, you look at the place, and then I group all the showings so that, uh, for example, this past Sunday, I had my first public open house since the pandemic. I was Thank surprised. you for the balloon, Sonia. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, my pleasure. I knew Jensen might like those. So. Um, so I had about 20 people, if not more, through, and what I did was... Um, I asked everybody, as they came through, they had their masks, minimally, gloves if they wanted them. And I would stagger the showings so that no more than one set of people were on one floor at a time. So I had a whole routine where, as they saw different parts of the house, then they would go to the backyard and look at the garage. I'd bring other people in. While they're in the house, I'm talking to the people as they're coming up the walkway to tell them about the house and just a protocol that I'm hoping that they'll abide to in the house. And so that was all the showings in one day, because then that allowed me to go back in, wipe down all the high touch points and return it back to my clients as safely as it could be.
1: And were there, was, were, and I don't, and I read a lot about the municipal executive orders obviously for Asbury, but were there executive orders on open houses? Like did the governor just shut that down for a period of time? I d- or were people just reluctant to have them?
2: I think uh, Governor Murphy had shut that down. It seemed like as real as a real estate industry we always seem to be last meaning and he had so much to do but we would have representatives email him and go okay what does that mean in regards to real estate agents What does that mean and allowed so there was a point of time where I believe we were not allowed to show properties period. And so what each of the agents did now that, and I think I'll, I'll be doing this going forward because it's so effective, is instead of just hiring a photographer to take pictures of the house throughout the house, uh, now we're having drone shots taken because it gives you an overview of the neighborhood and then also a virtual tour as you walk through the house. And these are so authentic, so real. It really allows people that normally might think they like the house to say, you know what, that's that's not for me. And then it also really gets you down to your list of very serious buyers that have a, a nice interest in that property.
0: Hmm. I think virtual, um, we have a friend, Rita, sister's buying a house moving from New Jersey, from Massachusetts to New Jersey, and she's purchasing it without visiting, meaning the video walkthroughs Mm-hmm. Um, the real estate agent is doing like a live walkthrough with, with uh, oh, okay. video. And, you know, the travel is such under COVID that they can't get here in person, but they're going to buy a house based on um, a virtual tour, which is something I don't think you would have heard of before. I agree. Um, but it worked better than they had anticipated. They're like, Oh, I, I like all of this house from what I see. And um, so you, know, I would expect, you know, do you think the, these things are now permanently part of your, Routine, so even if COVID dies down a little bit, these kind of the drone shots, the video shots, I think, are has that changed your your um, your industry a bit?
2: I think you're right, and I I plan on using them going forward. I so two sales that have occurred in the last two months are from people that would have to take a plane to get here. And they're buying it and they had to sign a special addendum that they're willing to buy it and the first time both of those people want a house and one a condo first time they're seeing the property is at the closing table hmm. when you've exhausted all of your outs so to speak so i think the virtual tours are really good if they're if they're done well
1: and just in terms of real estate in general like um uh- and listen, I only really care about Asbury Park, but like, are, and and I know you, you're beyond, I know you're, you, you kill it in Asbury Park and beyond. Are you seeing, what types of patterns are you seeing around us? Are you seeing people are still buying it as, but you know, it always feels like we're getting a lot of New Yorkers. I never know if that's true or that's just, you know, that's just what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, is the same, type of people buying a Neptune or Neptune city. Like, can you describe a little bit of what you're seeing in, in the bubble of Asbury and surrounding towns?
2: So there are a group of people now, a trend is people that bought in Asbury around the time that we did and they're looking to pull their profits out of Asbury, but they love Asbury. So they want to downsize and they want to sell what they have here. And then they're going to adjoining Neptune, Neptune City, Neptune Township. I am totally seeing that as well. Yeah. So you yep. see that. So that's, totally a, that. that's one of the trends. Those are the longtime Asbarians that are now taking their profits out and moving to adjoining towns, putting a little bit of money in the bank and uh, but still having access to Asbury. Then there's some original Asburyans that are feeling that they're nearing or in retirement age and they want a condo instead of a house. And so condos in the adjoining areas, as far as Tinton Falls, where you can have a little courtyard, you can have single floor living, but again, you're still close to Asbury and all the great things that Asbury has. Then there, you mentioned, you touched on the New Yorkers There's a whole group of New Yorkers that are coming into the city and most of them, anything I'm saying right now, I'm painting with a really broad brush, but most of them are desiring the higher end condos and the higher end houses because when you compare where they came from, whether it be Manhattan or Brooklyn or Hoboken or Jersey City as a start, I'd say the top four towns that are moving here, um, their budget is bigger. And so they're desiring, um, mo- more times than not, they're re- desiring a restored place and a-, a place that's very sexy, be it a condo or a house.
1: Hmm. I'm definitely seeing your trend of you know the late 90s, early 2000s wave of people who moved here moving out. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm noticing that. And I will say a number of them, and I mean this sincerely, have ended up regretting the decision. So, Mm -hmm. right. So I have, I can think of two or three friends, one, Joe, you know, Ben Russett, who lived in the Esplanade, which is a Mm -hmm. a very fun building Mm -hmm. Um, and moved to like Eatontown and hates Eatontown. Um, That's a little
0: far. Yeah. We'll have to beep uh, out Ben's name.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we'll have to beep out Ben's name. Um, Although he's not involved in Eatontown. I'll text him and tell him I mentioned him. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, but he, and he's not the only one I can think of two or three other people and, and a mutual friend of ours, Sonia, when Janice was leaving and I don't know, I'm not saying Janice regrets it, but I was like, yeah. Janice, you were yeah. like a, a staple here. Which, oh yeah. You know, baffled by the idea that, that, yeah, I'm, I'm a little baffled by a number of the people who came in or around the time that I came who were like. Um, I'm heading out because to me, I just feel like I honestly, I feel like I love it. I I continue to love Asbury. It wouldn't occur to me I don't know where else I could go that I would feel um, the same way
2: And I I can understand that and with Janice by the way um, It was just it's a that was a funeral parlor That was a very big former funeral parlor that she lived in on second that was a very big property and I think with people, there's a trend of people with properties that big there, especially if there's if there's not like family coming over and stuff. There was a day when she, you know, they had great parties and family around that. You, you desire to not have that kind of upkeep or maintenance. Right. And she also, uh, I think, desired to be more farmland. Um, but that doesn't mean that Janice won't come back either and maybe grab a little pied de terre at some yes,
1: point, we would love to have Janice back.
2: So this is yes, great. I,
0: I don't even know what that means. I'm going to look that up. Peter's there. Yeah,
2: <laughs> little weekend place, little small flat. Oh.
1: Um. So okay, I have a couple of other questions that people wanted me to ask you. Are there any towns that you think might be the next upcoming Asbury Park? Because I will say Dan Jacobson, who does um, speak for the entire town of Asbury Park. Says <laughs> it's, it's, Neptune City is the next up and coming Asbury Park. I would have no idea because I don't
2: know that I've ever even been to Neptune City. So I would say yes and no. I think that everything that we love about Asbury—the art scene, the music scene, the architecture, um, the proximity to the beach and boardwalk, and the other great surrounding towns—I think Neptune City has a lot of those things. Not at the same Depth uh, and and um, not as many options. So I think that what keeps Neptune City great is that it's so easy to get to Asbury, and and Neptune City. You can pop into and enjoy Bradley Beach too, and other surrounding towns.
1: So what? So I heard you say there's no Asbury Park.
2: Yeah. Well, that Um,
1: uh, pretty, pretty much.
0: Well, all of these are bicycle distance away. Right. Correct. So if you have a bicycle in Neptune city, you're in Asbury and you're, in it's Broadway. not the
1: same, Joe. Uh, it's just, not the same. It's, well, no, it's, it, it, it it's a nice place to live. Yeah. I will tell you, I have a friend of, I have a friend, I'm not going to call her out who says I live. She's like, well, you know, I love living in Asbury. And every time she says it, I say, you live in Wanamasa. You don't live in Asbury. I mean, <laughs> you may be a block over. Yeah. But you don't live in Asbury. Just when you <laughs> right. say that, that is not correct because you don't live in Asbury. You're, um, she's not voting here, right? <laughs> right? Or paying taxes here? Um, so yeah, you're doing all of that in Wanamasa, right? So yeah, no, not not allowed to not allowed to say it. Okay. So did we cover COVID affected real estate over the last three months? And and if I'm hearing you right, Sonia, Asbury's not had a major De- decline in real estate or rentals um, over the last three months with COVID? Is that a fair statement?
2: So, uh, even I kind of, but what's really happening is since mid March, uh, Asbury has been on fire and highly, highly, highly sought after for rentals as a reprieve from the more congested cities uh, and also. Those people that have been renting all of a sudden now get the Asbury bite, you know, the bug and they want in. So now I'm showing those people places to buy. Hmm, And there's a house on fourth that just went on the market. I put it on a beautiful house. I put it on last Wednesday. I had the open house that I spoke about on Sunday. And right before I got on with you, uh, there were six bids for the best and final highest and best, so six bids. So people, if a house is a viable house, which this one is, if it's priced at the market, um, people want in, they want what we have in Asbury. And I think for different reasons, you remember after 9-11, there was a push here too. And I think that was in part, it, something that happened that was such, so major like that, and something like this, a pandemic, it makes you really think about what's important to you, what do you want to see your life like? Where do you want to live is a big part of that equation.
1: I get a lot of people. Um, I mean, we may have to not have this podcast. So I, Well, I, or we may have to delete a lot of what I'm saying, but I get a lot of people <laughs> who are like the taxes are too high in Asbury and I, and I pay a ton of taxes. Sonia pay, pays a ton of taxes. Uh, not I'm not suggesting taxes are low in Asbury. Let me be right. clear on that. But that are moving to Wanamasa where the taxes are maybe a thousand dollars lower, maybe two thousand dollars lower. And I say every time like it it would be worth the hundred dollars to stay in Asbury Park than to go to or God forbid like Ocean County, which would be like oh my God, you you could have low taxes there, but you know buy me a gun before I would I would head
2: down there. So you <laughs> That's know I'm always another podcast.
1: <laughs> right. I, I, well, I'm always so like people are like, well, the taxes are too high here. We're moving. Uh, okay. Where are you moving to? And then are you going to be taking an Uber to come back here anyway for dinner or the beach or music or what a, uh, parades, w- whatever it is that we're doing here? Because to me, you're going to spend that hundred dollars a month on your route back here or on your route back home. So, so unless, you know, your taxes are going down to like $500 a year, I'm not, I'm not fully getting the gravity of my taxes are high. I have to move.
2: But so when people, no, no. When people say that to me, they, you know, people make sweeping statements, the taxes are high here. And I do not hear that a lot. When people are coming from the places I mentioned, Manhattan, Jersey City, Hoboken. When they come from Westfield, New Jersey, when they come from Montclair, New Jersey, you want to talk about high taxes? Right. Those are high taxes. So, my house here—it's a front house with a little cottage back house and a two-car garage. I think we pay high, like almost eleven thousand for the whole—you know, kit and caboodle here. This same house, well, you'd be paying twenty thousand. This same setup, you'd be paying twenty thousand in Montclair. At least. Yes, and they're part of Essex County. I think that um, Eric, and I, I hear that Eric is no longer our tax assessor. We have somebody else? We, yeah, well, there's a
1: transition going on. Okay. Um, so um, I hope that was public knowledge. Um, I believe so. If it wasn't, we'll edit it out. But listen, <laughs> Eric's staying on board to supervise. We love Eric. Oh, perfect. Oh, I, yeah, that's what being I was going to say. Being a tax assessor in this town is not for the faint of heart. I think um, and Eric,
0: we adore him. or anywhere, I, really. So.
2: Yeah, for anywhere. <laughs> I think Eric was always very patient, and we've had a lot of conversations about real estate and about value, both for myself personally, but also for my clients. And he's, he's always been there to answer questions and explain, but he also has done a very good service for Asbury as the values have been going up. He has been lowering the tax rate, the millage rate every year. It started out a few years ago at 2.2 and change. It's now 1.6 and change. And what that means is even though the value's coming up, he's putting the brakes on, you know, not having us pay. Like it can't go from zero to 60. He's inching right. us up as the values increase.
1: Yeah, he's definitely still involved with the city, but he's you know lessening his role and taking on more of a supervisory. And I and I will say there is almost no position in the city that is for the faint of heart. Yes, <laughs> like yes. clear on that. Yeah. Um, and and his, his him he's one of them. He, he's one of the the positions for the that that is not for the faint of heart. We had Kevin on, who you yeah. know, right, the, the fire yeah. chief. Um, there isn't a position. Um, there isn't a position in this town that's. Um, We have somebody freaking out on our recreation department right now for like oh a bizarre reason, you know, like not a reason that makes sense. Okay. So Sonia, yeah, my son's going to be home in 15 minutes. So I got to get to our funner, lighter questions, okay. unless I'm missing more of a real estate question, Joe. And I, can I bust your balls, Joe, who should have bought an Asbury? Like Joe's been here for like 15 years. Yeah. yeah. Every, or should I, If I shouldn't do this if Rita's listening to the podcast, but every, every year we're like, Joe, you got to buy, you got to buy. And he's like, just wait till not for prices to go down a little yeah. bit
0: Oh, Joe. Year, like. well i mean uh, you Joe, know i, Joe, I work Joe. in higher ed. I, I don't make that much money <laughs> i make money now like in other words i do i i'm quite happy with my salary now but it took me 25 years to well know.
2: that's a lot of hard work and to be commended so
0: but the, so i'm behind the the curve about you know if i didn't go to grad school i think i lost uh Never mind. We can talk about my disasters later, but I had a question we'll Talk about
2: real estate after because we can sure. get you a duplex to <laughs> offset your carrying costs.
0: So I have a question, you know, so the, you know, uh, the um, counterintuitive market is that the market here is going is get is on fire despite the widespread unemployment and sort of the ongoing slow motion economic catastrophe. Do you, do you foresee that, uh, that, that there will be a slowdown? you know, or is that, that's a, I mean, that's too broad of a.
2: Well, have no, I mean, a question. I can tell you, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of, you know, who gets in office, there's all kinds of things. Do we have a sec, you know, to, I guess we're not out of the first wave, but do we all go back, <clears throat> you know, into our caves like we did in March and October that will greatly affect the economy. When you affect the economy, you affect people's ability to buy their second home, which mm-hmm. a lot of these people are if they, you know, and, and then they become a primary like we did. Mm-hmm. So there's a too, too many things out there. However, when people ask me that even now, I say, I think that Asbury, I don't know that it's going to be on this right now. We're on a very steep trajectory. I can't, I don't think this is sustainable. I think there's a reason very specific why people are clamoring right now, this second to be in Asbury. And it's to be because Asbury is great, but not to be where they are because yeah. of COVID in part. Mm-hmm. But we still have so many blocks of unrealized real estate development that is to be had and realized whether it be art facilities whether it be living facilities restaurants or a combination thereof mixed use that we're the last unrealized city on the whole eastern seaboard we're still you know we're still not 100% there and so when you look at all that positive development And positive, meaning if we are mindful in creating it so that everybody comes along and there's green spaces and it's something that everybody can enjoy. If we're able to do that, we still have so much untapped opportunity in our little city by the sea. Mm -hmm.
0: Good answer. (laughs) Thanks.
2: All right, Sonia,
1: I'm going to hit you with, um, oh, no, well, first I have to give you an opportunity to talk about the work that you do for Rescue Ridge and the number of kittens you take in and get fostered by people in Asbury Park, because I see Christina Smith, I see a number of people with your kittens. (laughs)
2: Yes. Um, Great people. They do a lot of of good stuff. So about eight or so years ago, I saw there was no citywide yard sales happening. I thought Connie Breach was doing a fantastic one in the park where everybody came to the park. And I thought, why not have a citywide yard sale where people each sign up to have it in their houses and their front yards and that they donate at least 10% of the gross sales to, it was, uh, started out with Rescue Ridge, and then we started donating also and splitting the proceeds, Rescue Ridge and Waggon On In, to great local rescues that every penny that you give them goes right to the animals. So, and then the last couple of years, uh, Connie joined me for the citywide and has helped tremendously. We have 30 to 35 people that sign up and do a yard sale. At the outcome of that, is everybody that would come to the yard sales, we would always host one here and give out maps and have donation buckets at each as well. Everyone would come up and go, I had no idea of Northwest Asbury. I didn't know they would just come to Cookman or the Boardwalk. So we really got people talking to people by going to each other's yard sales. And we raised and, a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you've raised thousands of dollars for those. Up,
2: uh, just under 10000 for Rescue Ridge and Waggon Inn In by doing this grassroots thing. Nice.
1: And, um, okay. Favorite movie, Sonia? Uh, you know what? That's the, everybody gets stumped one. on favorite. Movies. I couldn't
2: come up with one because I love so many movies. I just have to take a pass on that.
1: Okay. Favorite TV series.
2: Oh, I, same thing. Um, you know, I would say, uh, some of them have been, um, the dark ones are breaking bad and killing Eve.
1: Oh, uh, killing Killing Eve was phenomenal. That
2: was, oh my God. I have four more shows of that. Um, Breaking Bad. um, There's so many good ones. So I'm about to start Ozarks. Um, And let's see, there was one other question. You were going to ask something. This is a fun one.
1: Okay. I also have to ask. Don't let me forget to ask you before you get off. Like, what advice would you give new real estate people? You know, just starting out in the business. My friend Jess just got her real, or I don't know if she got it, but she was, she was testing. I don't know if she passed the test or not. But um, so I have to ask advice on that. And then, and then, okay, which fun question.
2: So advice on as a real estate agent is that. the test itself is not that difficult it's really what you do with it and at least for me and for others you either are somebody that signs up and does it full-time and i feel that i'm there's no line between being a real estate agent and being a wife a friend a sister Um, an aunt, my friends become clients, my clients become friends. And I think that it's important to have that all in can do attitude because you it's I I love my job so much. And I take to heart the fact that I am really assisting people and guiding them through some of the biggest decisions of their life and where they're going to live is so important. So I would say if you don't have passion, don't get into it we got to like people. It's important to get organized. Um, there are times when it's like seven days a week. And like right now, if you saw the rest of my house, uh, I have dust balls the size of my cats. And there's a lot of things that should be done in this house that aren't getting done right now in season. Uh, but I have a fantastic husband that helps with that. And you've got to really love it and wake up and want to fill in the puzzle piece to find the right puzzle pieces to the right match. With and people. It's a little
1: feast or famine, right? It's a It can be.
2: You have to make your own inventory. If there's no inventory, then you need to get out and talk to people. I think also being involved in your community, being known as someone that can, can offer advice on rentals, on purchases, on home loans, things like that.
1: Yeah, like I would imagine in 2008, when, you know when the when the economic decline hit, that was a tough time for, for real estate agents. That was, you,
2: and and advice could be if you're able to sock away money. There are lean times, there are boom times in real estate, and there are lean times. So it's important, I think, to get yourself to a lower overhead so that you can you can handle the the low times and put away some money. Uh, if you're able to do that, because there are there's years you do really well. And there's uh, we all of us haven't seen that in a while, meaning we've all done really well. We haven't seen the low time, but it's going to come. It's cyclical. It's real estate.
1: Right. And
2: be organized as you can be in your real estate. Keep good notes.
1: I'll tell just that because I don't know how organized she is, but I <laughs> tell her she's got to get you have, have your friend call him. me if
0: she wants There's uh, <clears throat> lots of beeps coming up in the uh... The edits. Oh, because of the dog?
1: Or of the no, names, the names because of the names, the names people i calling out? Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. It's gonna be a beeped out that guy yeah. we only have twelve listeners.
0: Yeah, so what's the um what was the fun question?
1: Yeah, what was our fun question? Why does everybody in New Jersey have a place in Florida and why is this so <laughs> terrible in Florida? <laughs> No, or you haven't been to St. Petersburg. No, so, I've only been to Palm uh, Boca and Palm Beach, and that food is horrendous. Oh my god, so, the Italian foods horrendous.
2: St. Petersburg, thirteen couples have come to. Oops, sorry, I didn't mean because it was uh, it was lagging.
0: Oh, I think oh, it, no,
2: you're good. Yeah, I think whatever
0: you said, we didn't hear anyway.
2: (laughs) Okay. So that's so funny. There are 13 couples to date that have come from Asbury to visit us in St. Petersburg, Florida, and they themselves have bought places, and more are coming. The median age is 48. It's very diverse, it's very politically diverse, it's like minded people it's uh you get the the food scene is off the charts and i'm a foodie amy the food scene is off the charts the restaurants the bars you can have the best cuban at the local bodega or you can step up and eat at the canopy rooftop it's there's so much access to nature and there's a reason why people in asbury come to visit every single thing they love about asbury they love about st petersburg florida
1: well, it must only be St. Petersburg because I've been to Boca and West Palm Beach and yeah. it was no. unpleasant at both of those. That's beaches. a whole and different- my father lives there. That's why I tell this story my all the houses look alike, which always yeah. frightens me. So my sister and I would go out for <laughs> drinks and keep pulling up and knocking and trying to get in that house at the wrong door because all of the houses looked alike. So every time <laughs> we visit, he has to put a sign in the front yard. So my sister and I pull into the right driveway and go in the
2: right house. That's, and I hope he he enjoys it and likes it. Um, but that is a lot of uh, Orange County where I grew up. And so I sought out something different and artsy and culture and people that you can talk with. And St. Petersburg is that.
1: Okay. All right. I only have five minutes till my son gets home. Is there anything else that we missed, Joe? Uh,
0: no, but I think, Sonia, was that the fun question you were at that you mentioned?
2: No, the fun question, which I like that you asked, um, is a favorite place in Asbury that is now gone. Yeah, yeah. and favorite person, so favorite people in place. Yeah, of course. Okay, I'll be quick on that. So favorite place in Asbury, I have have four. Harry's Roadhouse, which is now Taka, Great Bar, Brick, Great Bands Used to Come, Good Down Home Ribs and Burgers, Crossroads. Do you remember Crossroads, Crossroads right? yeah, of course. On Main Street, of yeah. Crossroads used to have the Sunday Blues Jam every Sunday afternoon, and it was just so much fun. I mean, really high caliber blues performers would come to jam there on Sunday afternoons. And then the Saints, which we've newly lost, um, and that has such a history, such an iconic music history. And then last but not least, have you ever been to the Gold Diggers? Of course. Do you remember that bar with the? It was I so do. But smelly. We walked
1: in and walked out. Do you it remember so anybody's Sonia? Do you remember that bar anybody's? I
2: remember anybody's. That was you're going way back, even before yeah, we. Yeah, bought yeah.
1: So Heather and I used to go to this bar anybody's, and then do you remember a place I was talking? We had Jen Hampton on. There, you, there was a brand new place on Main Street called Insano. That it,
0: I, I was on I loved Insano. It was great.
1: I loved Insano's too. Was it a bar? Um, it was where Brando's is. It was mm-hmm. a bar slash restaurant. It was one of the first. And I don't know if you if you did this, but we used to call um, brick wall market in the middle. Market in the middle's little store restaurant I love row. In the Remember yeah. when we had like that? That was restaurant in row consisted of two restaurants.
0: Of 100, 100 feet of prime restaurant right.
1: it was like oh we'll go to restaurant row today so that was that was always super funny and is there a person that has lived in esbury that has either moved or passed or has gone on to other things that you can remember
2: well we touched on janice you know i miss yes. seeing her physically we're of course still good friends and in touch with each other uh she was one of the originals and then another one uh which you may or may not have you might have mixed feelings on was roy works who died prematurely. I
1: loved Roy.
2: Roy yeah. was a total so character. He he was one of the first people that we met when we moved here. And then he and his then partner, David, and their friend, they were called the Three Bears. And they would have legendary parties and open their house up to everybody. They were so fun and generous. And that was on 7th Avenue. And uh, as you know, Roy died from complications of diabetes. But he would, I love that he spoke his mind. He had a shop, he and Jamie up on posh and posh stand up on the boardwalk. And I just, I loved his energy. He was tell it like it is.
1: Yeah, no, he was a total character. One of mine is, is actually Jay Bernstein. And and listen, I know Jay Bernstein was a complicated guy. So I don't, I don't (laughs) want to suggest he wasn't. But during Sandy, when we were all freezing in that building, because that building was getting work done on the, uh, on the facade. side facing the ocean, yeah. the facade was being worked on. So when I say it was like so, so cold, so cold, he went. He and our super at the time, I'm looking at Heather for his name. Do you remember the super? Clinton. Peter, 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 no. and, uh, Peter. Oh, it was yeah. Peter and um, Peter and Jay drove to like Podunk, Pennsylvania, to get us a generator to get that building going in some capacity. Wow. Um, yeah, so so he was complicated because he was a character, but um yeah. during Sandy he he truly was a lifesaver because we had no lights, we had nothing, and it was so cold because the facade was being fixed. He was you were was exposed. A, yeah, yeah, he was a good egg in that in that um in that circumstance. He was a really good egg.
0: Jay was our neighbor, uh... In this, my neighbor in the Santander, in my second place when we moved from the one side from the east side to the west side you know he was our upstairs neighbor uh, he was a good guy that's one of the people i do miss i forgot about i tend to forget about I, jay so you know it should and i but, worked
2: with jay in real yeah. estate and he was a character and he had a lot of stories to tell he had quite a varied life
1: yeah quite he had an a interesting character. life <laughs> very interesting life um thank you for joining us sonia thank you me you're welcome
0: thank you you, sonia thanks everybody